we're going to be in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Lord, please help me bring a word for this hour and not the same as the 8 o'clock hour, but for this moment right here. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. I want to speak to you from the subject fences. Fences. Feels weird preaching to an pretty much all the way empty sanctuary uh, without the praise team and anything. But I, I love you all so much for being here. But anyway, I, 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 this this particular revelation, this particular sermon comes from the movie Fences, which of course was a play. But you know, I ain't see it. The Denzel uh, did it. And when you look at the movie, you be seeing him. You see him building a fence. But it's really a symbolic depiction of the fences he's building around his life. And the thing about a fence is, yes, some things uh, can't get in, but uh, the things also can't get out. And God began to give me this word for you for this particular hour to make sure that you don't allow fences in your life to hold you back. Anyway, God has always wanted to take his people into the promised land. In the Old Testament, it was a physical land. In the New Testament, our promised land consists of the promises of God. Jesus died to redeem us to God and give us an abundant life in him. He died so that he could have a relationship with God and obtain everything uh, he promised in his word. However, most Christians are living below the level of joy and prosperity he wants to give them. The reason for this is that they are more conformed to the world than they are transformed by God's word. The world and the enemy are in the business of killing, stealing, and destroying mankind. If they can't keep you from getting saved, then they still will try to keep you from your promised land. See, they will fence you in with lies and deception and make you believe that you cannot escape poverty, sickness, depression, a bad temper, sexual immorality, criminal activity, or addictions, or all sorts. They will tell you that's the way the men in your family have always been, and that's the way you will be. It's in your blood, or they'll say, Woman, uh, women like you never can be happy. Your dreams are unrealistic, girl. You're living in a fantasy world. The Bible tells us something entirely different. That is why it is vital that we renew our minds with the word and keep our minds renewed. Otherwise, we will swallow the devil's lies, be squeezed into the world's mold, and give into our carnal lusts and patterns of sin. We will continue believing evil reports and miss our promised land. We will not live the high life because we have allowed the enemy to fence us into a corner uh, thinking that there is no way out. We will let them convince us that we cannot overcome, succeed, and be healthy and happy in this life. We will just have to wait until we get to heaven. So when we all get to heaven, what a joyous Time, place that would be. I, 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 want, I, want, I want my heaven down here. I know I want to go to heaven, but can, can, can somebody understand that you can have heaven down here? That Jesus came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, yet you're waiting to go to the old by and by before you have peace, before you conquer the devil. You yet waiting to die. You waiting to go up yonder. We need 
to look at this from the enemy's standpoint for one minute. See, Satan's only hope to stop us from operating in the truth if, we can, if he can keep us from abiding and, and in and acting upon God's word. He can deceive us. He can discourage and frighten us. He can get us entangled, if you will, in sin and the things of the world. And he can keep us from fulfilling God's call on our lives. In simple terms, if he can keep us from reading, studying, and meditating on the word, day and night, he can steal our divine destiny. I'm convinced that the reason the church has been very contained, limited, and impotent is because we have no, have not taken seriously the Holy Spirit's admonition to renew our minds and be transformed. Our God is a big God, and his plans are big plans. That, that means we have to learn to think big like he does. When we let the devil fence us in with lies, we shrink God down and keep, and his plans become impossible to us. Instead of seeing a promised land ripe for the taking, we see giants stumping all over us. In practical terms, how does the enemy gain control? Because he never had an original thought in his life. He uses God's principles for evil purposes. See, when Jesus taught the disciples the parable of the sower in Mark uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, he revealed how Satan does this. But let's just look at verses 14 and 15 in chapter 4 of Mark. It says, the sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside. Where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan com- cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. See, every time we hear the word, Satan comes to steal it. However, he does not stop at stealing the word. He also sows his own seed, bad seeds. His seeds are designed to lead you away from the truth of God's word and to cause mental blocks. His seed will get you even more entrenched in your ungodly conscious set points. This bad seed will give the enemy power and influence over your soul so there will be no way you can prosper in God. Come on, let, let, let us read the, fo- the, the, the focal verse one more time in 3 John 1 and 2, uh, 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 Brother E. Beloved, I wish of all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thou what? Soul prosper. See, John related your prosperity to a prospering soul. To root out uh, the bad seed the devil has planted and to, to be transformed, you must renew your mind with the truth of God's word. You must sow God's eternal life-giving seed into your mind and heart and refuse to let go of it. That is how your soul will prosper and you can rid yourself of the bad seed that has succeeded in fencing you in and getting you stuck in the low life. I want the high life. Come on, somebody. If Kanye can have the good life, come on, somebody. Why? I can't have the good life. Come on, somebody. If T.I. can say to his lady, you can have whatever you like. Come on, somebody. Can I get some Christian man that want to be able to say the same thing. I'm not saying they're not Christian, but what I am saying is I want the good life just like the people of the world have the good life, but you got to want it more and understand that God wants you to be prosperous. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 4 and 5 says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, when Paul says your faith shall not stand in the wisdom of men, he's saying that your faith will not stand in sense knowledge, but in spiritual truth, which is the supernatural power of God. 
Let me give you an example uh, that he was talking about. Uh, We know that Egypt is a type of world and Pharaoh is a type of Satan. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of under Pharaoh's rule to serve and worship him. When he saves us, he brings us out of the world and out of under Satan's rule to serve and worship him. We are to stand in him and his power. See, to thrive in the kingdom of God, we must stand in his power, not our power. Y'all don't hear me. God brought Israel out of Egypt and then took them into the wilderness. He brought them into a place where there was nothing, not even trees for shade. There was no superstores, no convenience shops, not not even a soft drink machine. They, They had to depend on God to supply everything they needed. In this way, he hoped to get the limitations and false perception of Egypt out of them and reveal to them who he really was. What type of picture does the devil and the world paint of God? Remember what the serpent told Eve. God is is keeping you from good things, uh, but he doesn't want you to have everything you want. He's just mental and hard-hearted. Come on, somebody. You can do much better on your own. These are lies that trap people in bondage. But let me go back to Egypt. Let me go back to the desert for a while because can I tell you something? When Jesus was baptized and the dove came to land on him, what did the Holy Spirit do? It drove him into the wilderness to be tempted. I'm here to tell you that sometimes the devil isn't driving you anywhere. Sometimes God will put you in Egypt. Sometimes God will hide you in Egypt right under Pharaoh's nose. He hid Moses in Egypt in Pharaoh's house and Pharaoh was trying to kill him. He hid Jesus in Egypt when Herod was killing all the newborns in Bethlehem. He, he took Jesus and drove him to the desert to be tempted of the devil to make sure that Jesus knew exactly who he was and who God was. God will lead you into Egypt. God will lead you into the desert to make sure he puts you in a place where you have to depend on him. Oh, what type of picture does the devil try to paint? He he, he trying to trap you. When God wanted the children of Israel to forsake the low low life of Egypt and live the high life in his grace and power, he took them into the wilderness to reveal his love and care for them. This was his way of attempting to tear down every fence of doubt and unbelief that was keeping them from receiving his blessings and their promised land. He was showing them how much he loved them and cared for them by leading them into a place where they were completely dependent upon him. See, when we are saved and come out of Satan's dark kingdom into the kingdom of God, we also must depend on God for everything. See, then we will come to know him as he really is. We must deal with the boundaries our previous environment placed in us. See, those fences that say God really doesn't care about you, he doesn't want you to have this, you cannot go there, you are not capable of that, you are not worthy. See, these boundaries can show up in so many little situations in life. Two of the best examples I witnessed was when I was taking my real estate salesperson class, uh, Brother E, 
I, I was taking the class, and, and I was a teacher as well. And this, this young lady, she, she wasn't nothing but about three years older than me, but for some reason she thought she was my mama, young black woman, and, and she told me I was greedy and I shouldn't be taking real estate classes. I already get enough money teaching. Now, she didn't even know my salary. And then another time, uh, 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 Minister E, y'all got to understand, Minister E, the only one in here, but so I got to talk to somebody. And, and so at the end of the day, uh, I, I, this, this is older white Caucasian gentleman, when I was in my broker's class, I said, why are you taking your, your broker's class so early? And I gave him a question of my own. You know how my mouth is. I said, well, why are you taking yours so late? And the, the amazing thing is neither one of them knew anything about me. They didn't know me at all, but they were extremely shocked that I could believe I could have an abundant life. And my answer to him was, I can live to both of them was, Jesus came to give me life and to give it to me more abundantly. What I was doing I crossed their boundaries and ran into their fence. But just because you got a fence up, that don't mean I need to have a fence up. In fact, I don't even know if I really want Jesus to be a fence. I know I hear old school people saying Jesus be a fence because it protects you. But for, for some reason, as I exegeted this text, I don't want him to be a fence. Oh, y'all don't hear me what I'm saying? I don't want limitations on my life. See, Satan, Satan was trying to use them to cause me to have the same limitation on my life. The enemy shot these thoughts at me. Maybe the people are right. Maybe I am trying to do too much. Maybe I am greedy. He put his desires in my heart, though, and it was his will for me to prosper. That is, see, that is what happens when we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. We no longer stand in the wisdom of Wall Street or popular magazines or people telling us what we are capable or not capable of doing. We stand in the power of God's word. When we renew our mind with God's word and the renovation process takes place, we can be uncomfortable, though. It's because we are leaving comfort zones that may have been established when we were children. See, we got used to those fences, even the bad ones. Huh? Before we were saved, we were comfortable being on welfare and using food stamps. We, we were comfortable living with our boyfriend or girlfriend and not being married or being in a homosexual or lesbian relationship. We, we moved into the kingdom of light and the light began to expose a whole lot of wrong thinking, wrong speaking and wrong doing. All of a sudden, our world became unrecognizable. We found ourselves in this wilderness and all we could do was depend on God and his power to survive. He wanted to bless us beyond our wildest dreams, but we were all been out of shape at the thought of quitting our job at the strip joint and working at Walmart. May I help you, please? He, he wanted to restore our soul, and we couldn't sleep worrying about how we were going to get along without uh, that ungodly relationship. And every time we turned around, we caught ourselves saying something that sounded completely inappropriate and even filthy to our ears. This wilderness experience can happen to the mature believer too. Oh, come on somebody. God wants to deal with some area of our lives, some areas of our lives that needs deliverance or correction and we blame it on the devil all the time. 
we would go on and, and, and talk about the enemy is messing with us. And, and, and he isn't messing with us at all. He doesn't have to because he already programmed all that messed up thinking into us a long time ago. Now, God is trying to get it out of us by getting our minds renewed in that area. See, the only reason we have the devil's attention now is because he stands to lose control he had over us. See, 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 if we keep renewing our minds with God's word, he will never be able to touch us again where that issue is concerned. Huh? The word will destroy those fences. We will smell the sweet fragrance of freedom in the Holy Ghost and the enemy will be powerless to stop us. See, after we were born again, the devil is under our feet. He's no longer our primary problem. In the name of the blood of Jesus, he, we have full authority over him and every demon that crosses our path. After we are saved, our primary problem is ourselves. We have been accustomed to thinking in certain ungodly patterns and believing certain unscriptural things. So now we need to make radical changes, and that is not always comfortable. However, if we will trust God and stand in his power, we will be able to, to, be, to be transformed in ways we could not imagine. See, the Egypt you got to get out is the Egypt between your ears now. You, you got to get out of that stinking thinking. Look at Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto the, my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Mm. In Hebrew... That last verse says that out of the hearts are the boundaries of life. See, I know, I, know, I, know, I know it didn't say that in the text, but the Hebrew word for issues can be translated boundaries. And, and so the boundaries or the fences of your life are not on the outside. The boundaries of your life are on the inside of you. Woo. See, and what will change those boundaries or fences so that your, your life looks more and more like Jesus? You will be transformed by the renewing of your mind with God's word as your what? Soul prospers. Then it will program you to believe that fence is as far as you can go. He told you that is all you can afford. He made you think you were destined to be crippled the rest of your life, crippled mentally, emotionally, and physically. Now, God is telling you to kick that fence down, believe him for that new job, that happy family, that healing, and run like the wind. Mm. See, to do that, you must allow him to change you on what? The inside. See, a boat don't sink because of the storm on the outside. It's when the storm gets on the inside of the boat that's the problem. He wants to renovate your image of him and what he can do in your life, your image of yourself and who you are in him, and your perception of the people in your life and the world around you. It's an inside job. But first, he needs to get you to see who he is first and then see who you are in him. 
Yeah, you see what I'm saying? You got to know him before you know you because you won't know you until you know him because he's the one made you and he's the one inside of you and he's the one that gives you the power to obtain wealth. He's the one that began and shall finish the work in you. You just need to take care of the in-between time. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He's the one that made you. Once you know him, then you can know you. Once you know him, then you got to know who he is in you and then you will know who you are. Then you worry about everybody else. Oh, the problem is we don't want to go to the desert, uh, Reverend Eric. We don't want to go by ourselves. We always got to be around somebody. Can't sit by ourselves. Can't sit in silence. Always got to talk to somebody. Always got to hear the little white noise around us. Have you ever just sat around somebody and you ain't had nothing to say and they didn't either? And all of a sudden somebody wanted to talk because they felt uncomfortable? Because sometimes you need to learn how to just sit still. The enemy always wants you to talk all the time. He always wants you to be around everybody all the time. I'm not... Saying isolate yourself, but sometimes you got to get alone by yourself so you won't know. So you will know you don't hear him in the fire. You know you don't hear him in the earthquake, but you'll be able to sit still like Elijah and hear that still small voice that is telling you what your issues are. Oh, I'm going to talk to y'all about mine. I didn't even realize all of my issues until I got quiet for 30 days. I know I kept working, but I didn't have to preach. I didn't have, I, I'm going to talk about that later. But what I'm telling you is you got to sit still so God can talk to you. Sit still and know that who I am, the Lord. See, look, now that you're a child of God, you got to remember three things that the enemy wants you to forget. First, your promised land was already bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ when you got saved. Everything pertaining to life and godliness was yours the moment you received him as your Lord and Savior. Second Peter 1 and 3 says, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. Second, you got to understand your father wants you to have that promised land. He wanted you to have it so badly that he gave his only begotten son to die for your sins so you could be restored to him and receive it. So don't go around talking about how unworthy you are. You are worthy because God says you are worthy. And third, to possess your promised land, you must first wrap your mind around it being yours because God wanted you to have it. You've got to believe in order to receive it. See, the only shortcomings or shortages you have can be found between your ears, your thoughts. Let's say your soul has been prospering in the word of God for a time and you find yourself riding in a first class in first class on the airplane. Inside you are praising God for all he's done and is doing in your life. And somebody from the old neighborhood see you and they do a double take and say, hey, what in the world you doing up here? You know immediately that your set point has changed and theirs hasn't. Your fences are down and theirs are still in place. At that moment, you have a choice. Just like I had when I got my broker's license and people told me I was too young. You can start to make excuses and go back to talking like you used to talk in the old neighborhood. Or you can tell your older acquaintance the truth. Well, you see, Jesus saved me and I have a brand new life in him. He's put me in a high place, a place of peace and joy and success. Do you want him to save you too? Right at that moment, you will either be a stumbling block or a sign and wonder to your friend. It all depends on whether or not you decide to stick with God's word and be transformed 
or to go back to standing in front of an old fence that of an old friend. It's time for the body of Christ to become the signs and wonders God created them to be in their families, in their communities, and in their nations. But in order to be a sign and a wonder to people around us, we need to allow God to remove all those fences on the inside of us so that, that that's holding us back and replacing with this truth. Nobody want to play for a winning team. If the church is losing, why I want to become a Christian? I ain't trying to be funny, but why would I try to come to a losing team and I'm winning in the world? It, it perceived winning anyway. Why would I want to come to a losing team? The reason why us Christians need to be free and walk in power and believe that we can prosper even in the midst of a pandemic is because the world is watching us even more than they've been watching us before because some of them are wondering how in the world do they keep their head above water even in the midst of a pandemic and you should be able to hold Hold up holy hands and say, if it was not for God on my side, where would I be? What happens when you find yourself in the wilderness? You have no food, no water, no shade from the sun during the day, no heat during the cold nights, and no hospital to go to when you're sick. It's just you and God. He takes you into these impossible places to show you two things, who he is and who you are. It's the wilderness that you find out what he's made of, what he thinks about you, and what he wants to do with you. You also find out you're made of what you believe about him and what dreams and desires are from him. See, you look in the mirror of God's word, a lot of the desert, because ain't nowhere else to look. (laughs) You begin to see where your thinking needs to be changed and why you've been missing God's best. You find out that the real you is hidden in God and in Christ. That the real you is not your physical body, what you are called to do. See, it's not even what you're called to do. You understand? I grew up and people were teaching me that the kingdom of God, if you seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, uh, you, you know, all these things will be added on you. And, and I began, and they began to teach me that the kingdom of God was whatever you were called to do. And, and, and that's a part of it. But the kingdom is really God. You're seeking the kingdom and God's righteousness. It's seeking whatever God wants to do to, with you in your life, not just your job. And sometimes we become unbalanced because we begin to make the kingdom about our call or about our job, about our occupation. But it's about the holistic part of us, the holistic us. See, or, or it's not even about how you feel about things. The real you is wrapped up in Jesus. Nothing is impossible to those who believe God's word and stand in his power. There are no ungodly fences in Christ Jesus. Mark 10, 27 says, and Jesus looking upon them saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. So you can start saying it's impossible and say I'm possible. It's time for you to recognize the fences in your life. And allow God to remove them with the truth of his word. He has a great life for you, but you can receive that life only if your mind is expanded to think on the grand scale in which he thinks. If you are in the wilderness, you are in a season of great change. Rejoice that lying fences that have held you back for years are being torn down by the truth of God's word. You're going to take your promised land. 
I promise you, you will take your promised land when you begin to wrap everything that's about you, every iota of your being around Jesus.